0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows,
1: visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some
1: jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere.
2: Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASE Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hey, Coach Charlie. Well, how are you doing today? I'm just as excited as a little gal. I can tell when I walked in the door. (laughs) We are excited. We are going to be heading to Tupelo today to go check out the 25th annual Elvis Festival. That's what I'm talking about. So, Coach, we need some tips uh, just in case something happens. To the vehicle, we were able to fix it on the way there. And on the way back. now. <laughs> well, we're hoping nothing <laughs> that happens to your vehicle, but we can try to give some tips on that as well. Right. That'll be good. That'll be good. Right. Since we are talking about buying a new car today, that would be helpful. Of it course. Would be. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Okay, coach, I got an explanation, but not a definition this time. Okay. I kind of crafted this myself a little bit. So, with Americans holding on to their vehicles longer than ever, following the pandemic, purchasing a new car can come with its challenges of course good rules of thumb to start is to spend possibly no more than 20 percent of your monthly household income on a new car and to assess what you like and dislike about your current vehicle so is that a good place to start coach that
1: is a good place to start okay but you need to do a little bit more research when you're buying a new car okay it's because first of all we talked about how long do you want to carry the note Mm -hmm. If you're buying a new car and that car costs you $60,000 at 0% interest, think about it. Yeah. How long are you going to carry that note? Right. You're only paying uh, $6,000. If you're paying $500 a month, that's only $6,000. That's five years you're holding that note right there. Right. Matter of fact, that's six years you're holding that note.
2: Well, at 0% interest, that's possibly not bad, but I've never seen a zero on my end, Coach. Well, there are times
1: in order to get a 0% interest, you may not be able to get it now, but uh, within the last couple of years you were when the pandemic was here, Mm -hmm. only the high scores, you had to have a high FICO score. But think about it. If you're paying $500 to $600 a month and you say that's your car payment, Well, that's really not your car payment Mm -hmm. because now you got to add that insurance in there on a new car that's going to cost you two two hundred and fifty dollars every month. Yeah. So now you done. Now you're seven hundred and fifty dollars in a new car. Right. So the note isn't the end. The note is just the starting (laughs) point.
2: You got to kind of factor it all in. In addition to the note. Also, to add to that, which you could call the note as well, is the insurance. That's right.
1: And the, what happens, we get that new car fever. We go to the, park, the car dealership. We look around, and our husband's with us. Our wives are with us. Our kids are with us. And we say, oh, that's the one I want. Then the salesman comes out, starts talking <laughs> to you, and really, <laughs> you, you didn't end got, up buying the one you didn't really you didn't, want. You
2: got turned around. Jedi mind trick somehow. That's right. And it cost
1: you more money than you wanted to spend. <laughs> It was more than that 20%. So you need to be, do your research, Mm -hmm. understand the type of car that you want, Mm -hmm. you know, make it fit you, you as a personal, you know, if you got kids, you need a bigger car. If you don't have kids, you need a smaller car. You just don't go out there and say, Hey, I can pay this. Mm -hmm. If you can get my payments for $400 a month, I'll buy it. Well, $400 a month is going to take you for 84 months. Yeah. How long you want to hold the note?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 which of the lesser evils, I guess. I I don't know how to pick that. Paying a note in general is just, you know, evil. You wish you could get it for free, but you can't. That's right. What is your favorite payment duration to choose? Or do you have a a length of time? Well, the quicker, the better. I like about a three
1: year note. And the reason I like a three year note is that you're going to pay more up front, but you're going to pay less interest. On that note, because a lot of people don't understand that interest adds up. Yeah,
2: yeah, you're right. You
1: know, so most loans were three to four years, several years ago. You couldn't get a five year, you couldn't get a six year.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But
1: now you're all the way up to a seven year note. Think about it.
2: Right. Right. And
1: if something was to happen in your family or something, or to your health or your job, that note's still going to be there. And they're going to come get your car if Mm -hmm. you can't pay for it. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened during the pandemic when they were giving all this money away. People went and bought cars, and they quit giving the money. Now they can't afford the cars. Right. Because a lot of them still don't want to work. Right. And the government's not going to pay for that car. Right. And so a lot of cars have been turned back in. If you notice, uh, used cars are coming down. Matter of fact, even new cars are coming down. It used to be where you had to pay over list price, and that was manufacturer sticker price. Okay. Now you can haggle with them and they'll come off that sticker price. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Once that you're going to see that sticker price, but you can do a haggle. Right. Okay.
1: But you couldn't do that during the pandemic because you couldn't get the new cars. Right. Okay. It took us uh, five months to get the car that my wife got. Right. It took my sister-in-law four months to get the car that she got.
2: What do you say to people who don't want the haggle? Well,
1: the first thing you need to do your research, and that's the thing. Go do your research, get online, mm-hmm. look and see how much those dealerships paid for that car, because you can find exactly how much that invoice was on that car. Right. Okay, and then you can go from there. Yeah. Now you understand dealerships and manufacturers give rebates for their vehicles. Mm-hmm. So more the dealership sells, more rebates they get cheaper the car should be to the consumer okay but a lot of times if you don't know what you're talking about and you're just really anxious when you go in there say i want that car i Mm -hmm. want a car today you cannot seem like you're anxious when you're buying a car
2: (laughs) right now you need to be
1: smooth and talk to them and you can always go to another dealer that's true that's, and that's true the big thing don't just say there's one dealer if there's two Toyota dealers in town go to those two Toyota dealers and go find another Toyota dealer and then come back and say hey here's this car this is what I'll give you and go from there
2: be steadfast that's what I hear yes. Don't give up. Don't let the haggle bother you because the haggle in the end is going to pay off for you.
1: Well, a lot of times you think about a salesman, and I'm not a salesman, but if you think about car salesmen, what they do, they say, well, let me go talk to my manager and see if he'll come off a couple more hundred dollars. Well, I hate to tell you that car salesman knew they were going to come off that hundred dollars before they even went in there. Right. So really, by just talking to the, saying, I'm going to go talk to the sales manager you cannot let that persuade you one, one way or other because really they know the bottom line that they can sell that car for. for. Because understand, most uh, car salesmen get paid on commission. Right. More they can sell that car for, more money they're going to get.
2: Mm hmm. So, so,
3: Coach, what you saying is we just go in and ask them how much they bought for that car and show us the receipt for it. And then we can haggle over how much we're paying him commission Jason, from right there. Jay says, that's right. show
2: me what you see. And
3: they have to show you how much they paid for that car. That's right. And then it's all this. Let me go talk. No, no, no. Come on back, son. This is how much you paid for it. Let's figure out how much commission you want and how much is good for you. And now let's just do this right here.
1: That's right. And how much are you going to pay and how much you want to pay? Because, so, like say, you can go in there and you can waste days trying to buy a car. Right. Because, like, if
3: they paid... Let's just say, if they paid $8,000 for a car, if you're trying to pay 8250 that's... It's not worth it for
1: them so you have
3: to you have to pad that a little bit for right. it to even be worth their interest in doing this at all right. so and the sales guy you know he's getting his commission like you said coach so man you figure out what they paid for that car right now and it ain't about specs anymore or any of that stuff it's we right down to brass tech this brass is what Texas. you paid for it let me pad you a little bit of this right here, and then mm-hmm. let's work. You know, we work from right there. Mm-hmm. All this. Let me go talk to my boss and see where he got. Uh, um, boss ain't
2: had
1: nothing. <laughs> hey, the boss is going to say the same thing. Go tell him we take off $200 more. You right. Know? Well, you can prevent all that. Another thing you understand is that the dealership wants you to let them finance the car. They don't want you to go outside and have it financed. They want you to let them finance the car because, once again, they're making money off finance. Mm-hmm. Now, so you got to look at that part too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh it was really weird when I when we bought my wife's car. I went to the credit union, and it was on a two year loan. We paid half up front. Three months later, the car was paid off. The credit union made thirty six dollars right off that loan. Right. Think about
2: it, Coach. Coach knows, and Coach, I want to get into before we start now, getting into hated
1: that loan.
3: It wasn't even worth their time. It was not worth their time.
2: Before we start getting into the phone calls, talk about a little bit about Rule of 78. Well, a lot of people don't know what a Rule of
1: 78 is. And matter of fact, uh, mortgage companies use it. A lot of financial companies use it for small loans. What it is, they charge you the interest, but they get their interest up front. Have you ever known about a car when they say you're upside down in your car? Well, when you're upside down in a new car, what happens is that you might have paid a year on that car, but you really paid very little on the principal. Mm-hmm. You paid mostly on only the interest. interest, and that's the rule of 78. A lot of states now have banned that from the financial institutes. But, you know, I don't know about Mississippi, but a lot
2: of them still can do that. Rule of 78. It's rule of 78. And Coach got a car paid off in, in six months. Three months. Three months. He paid off a whole car in three months. A new car. A new car. Off lot. Off the lot. <laughs> what you got they to say? they made enough that's off, that's off
3: of him to buy a good steak. That's it. <laughs> not the best, just
2: a good steak. Yeah, fair. Off a fair that whole stake. car loan. It took, they got
1: a decent steak it, off a of Coach. It took four months to get it, and it was paid off in three.
2: I like Coach. He's like, not me. Not me with interest. He paid it off faster than they can get it to him. That's <laughs> it. You know what he just said? <laughs> that's it. He did.
1: He did. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be wise, you know, just being money smart as well as being wise because, like, say, you're not going to get out of debt holding a car payment. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: you know? That's why it's amazing to me. You talk about, like, seven-year notes. Like, Coach, but how much is a car depreciated in seven years? Any car. Every car, right? <laughs> At least
1: 25% when you got it off that lot.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, that's just, that's such a long time to lock somebody into something. Well, you or, think or for, not, not to lock somebody, people willingly sign for those. So I don't yeah. want to make it sound right. like. Right.
1: There, there, it's their choice. Well, you yeah. can think about a 30-year mortgage. I've never had a 30-year mortgage. You don't do the, you know, if you have to do them, that's there for you. But money-wise, it's not the smartest thing to do. Right. right.
2: Mm. Yeah. Well, let's go to the phones. We've got Scott in Jackson. He bought a car online two years ago. Scott, you're on with Coach Charlie.
4: Yeah, I, I bought my car online from Texas two years ago. I got it financed in my credit union locally. It got 0.9% for five years, zero down.
1: Hmm. Well, first of all, that's a great interest rate, and you did it for five years. You So you, uh, whatever your note is, you did it for five years, and you bought it for two, you're in it for three years left, you know, and... There's a lot of those deals out there but once again you got to have the credit score mm-hmm. because most of these uh, financial companies if you don't have the credit score it bumps up 2 to 3% every level.
2: Right. So he had a 0. 0.9 so he right. did so pretty he, good. He had a real good credit score. All right, Scott, you yeah. came on, on top on that one. Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your phone call today. Thank you. you. Thanks, Scott. You're listening to Autocorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more Autocorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Here's a couple of recent recalls. Um, 142,500 Lincoln MKC SUVs have been recalled for a fire risk Um, this Fire risk prompted Ford's luxury brand Lincoln to recall those affected vehicle include model year 2015 to 2019 MKCs. The issue is with the battery monitor sensor, which may become damaged during service, short circuit and cause surrounding materials to overheat. This increases the risk of a fire in the engine compartment while driving or parked and off. At this time, parent automaker Ford has been made aware of 19 underhood fire reports that may be linked to the issue. The company did not note Um, I'm sorry, the company did note that there haven't been any related accidents or injuries, and Ford hasn't advised owners to stop driving the vehicles. To resolve the issue, dealers will add an inline fuse to the battery monitor sensor power circuit for free. Until the fix is performed, owners are advised to park outside and away from structures. Ford will begin notifying owners June 26th, but those with further questions can call the automaker. But then just days after issuing issuing, sorry, that recall. Um, Ford is now recalling a population of its Escape SUV and Maverick pickup trucks as well as the Lincoln Corsair SUV for the issue that could lead to the engine compartment failure and this is an expansion of that recall affected vehicles include model year 2020 to 23 escapes 2022 to 23 Mavericks and 21 to 23 Corsairs equipped with 2.5 liter hybrid or plug-in hybrid engines should those engines fail prematurely large amounts of oil and fuel vapor could accumulate under the hood and try Travel to ignition sources, resulting in melted components, smoke, or a potential fire, increasing the risk of in- injury. The remedy is currently under development, but Ford is advising owners again to park and shut off their vehicle immediately if they hear unusual engine noises um, or notice a reduction in power or observe smoke. Vehicles previously repaired under their original recall will need to have the new remedy performed as well. This will they will notify owners June twelfth, but those again with further questions can contact the automaker. Um, there is an additional one. Toyota recalls 96,000 Corolla cross SUVs over faulty airbags, but if you would like to find out if your car has a past recall, you can go to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your Vend or Find Their Safer Car app. We're talking about buying a new car, and we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. We've got Mark in Gilberton, Alabama. He's got a question about the airbag recall. Mark, you're on with Coach Charlie.
0: Uh, hey, good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I got a 2009 Chevrolet Silverado. Uh, it's got a recall on the uh, passenger side Dakota airbag. Uh, they won't do the repair with the red, the airbag light on, and my question is, do if I take it to the dealer, do they have to do the repair or they're telling me they can't do the repair with the light on because of a safety issue. Uh, um, so I'm not quite sure what's going on with that.
1: So when the light comes on, that means that the airbag is inofferable. That means that the airbag is not working. So there would be no safety feature because it's not working. Okay, that's the first thing. So the airbag, uh, that light comes on, tells you the system's not working correctly. okay. If it was a recall, I would call the – and they don't want to fix it. I would call the customer service in the uh, owner's manual, and they will have them fix that vehicle, especially if it's under a recall, no matter if that light's on or not.
0: Yeah. So I'm under the impression that uh, uh, a moist, uh, humid environment for the uh, airbag and is uh, what's causing it to prematurely detonate.
1: uh, that's one of them.
0: I'm not sure.
1: Right, that is one of them that's causing them to prematurely detonate, and the igniter itself is bad.
0: And that could be an electrical contact uh, issue with uh, with that airbag causing that light?
1: Uh, Yes, it is. It could be a wire underneath the seat. It's on the passenger side, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's probably a wire un- underneath that seat uh, that is bad, uh, maybe even the connector itself, or it could be the airbag itself. What I would do, call General Motors and tell them that you have a recall. You should have a recall number on that letter they sent you about that right. airbag, and you tell them that that airbag light came on, and the, man, the the dealer told you that they would not fix it with that light on. But And just tell them, right. that, hey, uh, if it's their recall, they got to fix it.
2: Okay, since it's
0: a safety recall. All right. Well, I sure appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for that information.
2: So welcome, thank Mark. You. Thank you so much for giving us a call. Yeah, that's a good question. When 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 one thing you know can't go off, how do you get that get around that?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. The airbag's not going to go off until you fix it. The light will not go off until you fix it. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: that's just some common
1: sense. Because if it you you can't cut it off because it's going to come back on because it's not fixed. Right. Okay. Right. So it's one of those things you can't cut off. And I was just thinking, you know, we're talking about new, buying a new car. You need to do your research, just like these recalls that we have. Go in there and see if that vehicle that you've had that you want to buy has recalls on it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That may change your
2: mind of buying that certain vehicle. Type that in. There is a search bar on that NHTSA.gov website. And so
1: you want to make sure that you do the recall. You make sure that you know about the vehicle. Because, like I say, you don't want to have all these maintenance problems and all these recall problems. Like they say, on one of them, they don't even have the cure for it yet. Right. And they tell you to park it outside well, you're driving the vehicle and it starts smoking, and they said just pull over.
2: And this is a cure for the 2020 to 2023 models, That's or right. a non cure for the 2020
1: 2023 models. Well, you know, you talked about last week uh, the most the least expensive vehicle trucks. Well, think about what you just said. One of those were Mavericks. Yeah. Well, now Here Maverick we has a recall that could catch on fire driving down the highway Here or parked. Yeah. You yeah, so, know, think about that,
3: Coach. Wasn't that a problem with the first Maverick?
1: that uh when they first came out yeah uh they I was
3: kind of making a joke about Maverick's and how there's like 19,000 other brands yeah. that would be cooler that they could have brought back instead of the Maverick but they decided on the Maverick.
1: <laughs> well, you think about it, it the Maverick was not a truck and yeah. now it's a truck. You know, so <laughs> What was it? It was a car.
3: Oh. It was like a terrible hatchback, wasn't it? it sort was, of, kind of.
1: It did like almost like the Vega and the Pinto. The it Vega. Was, <laughs> it, it was. It was in
3: that era. You know. what? Yeah, boy, you just <laughs> man. That's the six-man tag team champs of bad cars, right there. The, Vega, and the, the, Vega, and the, the Pinto. Vega, the Vega, the Pinto, the Pinto, and the, <laughs> that and the Maverick. I Almost Maverick. said Mustang. He wouldn't be anywhere near any of that. No, or she, whatever you call a Mustang, whatever it is to you.
2: <laughs> that's funny. That is so funny. Let's go back to. The the phones we've got beth in mobile she's got a question about paying for a car with the cashier's check you're on with coach charlie beth
5: hi um
6: i actually have two questions um i have heard from some people that once they've done all their research looked at what a reasonable amount would be for the um car dealership to make on the car of bringing in a cashier's check for that amount well and i know you said they made money on financing but
1: they do not want you to pay for it at all, they don't want you to pay cash. Right. They don't want you to pay with a check. They want you to have it financed some way so yeah. they can make their money off of it. You know because okay. they're really not making a lot of money off the vehicle if you pay for it cash or a check or whatever. Okay. You know because okay. and now you need another thing you want to think about when you buy in that car and you want to do it a cashier's check because what we did we took half of the my wife wrote a check for half of it and then we gave him a check from the finance company so that paid for them they didn't the, the the manufacturer or the dealership didn't make no money off the car really So whatever they had padded in there but you want to look at the add-ons that they add on that car right because that's where they make their right. money and you during the pandemic they would not even negotiate taking the add-ons off mm. you know they just added on right. said if you don't want it hey we're not we'll sell somebody else right
6: um one other thing um I I did that once with a car where I financed a portion of it, but paid half of it up front. Um, And when I went there, I got a really good deal on the car. And I'm just wondering if this is a myth. It it was a BMW. I went in there to get a 3 Series, and I wound up with a 5 Series. I purchased it in the end of May of that particular year. And I heard that their sales through May would determine what BMW would send them the next year mm. so that that particular month was the perfect time to do it and i was able one to get it about seven thousand off which made it that i me go with a five instead of the three but i also negotiated a seven-year warranty on the car um instead of what they normally did so i was just wondering if that's enough about there being certain months that that
1: determines their inventory. Well, you got to understand, understand this: all new cars. If you have a 2023 and it's September 2023, the new cars come out in September, so right. that would be 24 models are going to come out in September 23. Right. Okay, those. Right. So what they're doing, all they're doing is they're trying to increase their inventory or increase their sales because that will determine how many cars they get because. Dealerships only uh, allotted so many cars, and it is going to go by right. their sales volume. But you okay. just but you just said another thing, too, is that you got $7,000 off, okay, of the five. If they can give you $7,000 off because you bought a five at that time, why couldn't they give you $7,000 off any other time? Come hmm. on, Coach. <laughs> you know, you see, that in, <laughs> I that. just look at that away. That's
6: what they told me that their sales through May, because I bought it in May of, um, it was a long time ago, but I bought it in May, and they said that May for them was the cut-off month. And that might
1: have um, been their end of the. That might have been their end of the year.
6: Okay, okay, I was just wondering if that was true, and then I got the seven years warranty, which
1: was fantastic. That, that was fantastic. You know, and, yeah. like, and you know, I was telling them, you know, on extended warranties and like that. You know, most vehicles are thirty six thousand three year, thirty six thousand miles. You can buy a pre owned, pre certified car from dealerships, and you'll get a better warranty on that pre owned okay. certified vehicle than you will a new car. Why?
2: Hmm.
1: Now think about that.
6: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Look at you, coach. That you can get on a Mercedes, you can get a. Unlimited miles five years on a used car, and you only get three years fifty thousand miles on, on a, a new new car what's the difference? <laughs> you tell us, coach, what That's do you think like, the difference well, is you now once again, you're paying for the car you're paying for the money up front, they charge you about two thousand dollars for that certification, so they're already getting their money up yeah, front yeah. in case something happens yeah. you know. It's uh you know, people gotta make money and that's how they do it. One it's a different.
2: money making game. That's it's it. a money making game. Beth, did that help you out? Any It's like right. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thank you, Beth. Thank you for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program and ASC Certified Master Technician. And Car Whisperer is our expert host, (laughs) (laughs) aka, aka, I'm Jermaine Flood. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. You can also click on the Talk to Us feature and send Coach Charlie a question or a comment or a frustration. You can do all of that. Um, Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy, and we thank you for listening and your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. In the news, why Americans are holding on to their vehicles longer than ever while we're talking about buying a new car coach. Limiting car payments and overall debt now is becoming a big priority for having um, kept keeping, for holding on to your vehicle. Um, Americans are keeping their cars longer than ever. The average age of a passenger vehicle on the road hit a record record 12.5 years this year. So that's how long they're driving it according to data gathered by the S&P Global Mobility. Um, Now you can blame it mainly on the pandemic which in 2020 triggered a global shortage of automotive computer chips, the vital component that runs everything from radios to gas pedals to transmissions and the shortage drastically slowed global assembly lines making new vehicles scarce on dealer lots just when consumers were increasingly eager to buy. Now, prices reached record highs, and though they've eased somewhat, the cost of a vehicle still feels expensive to many Americans, especially when coupled with now much higher loan rates. Now, since the pandemic struck three years ago, the average new vehicle, they say, has skyrocketed 24 percent to 48,000 as of April, according to Edmonds.com, and typical loan rates on new car purchases have ballooned to 7 percent as a consequence of the Federal Reserve's aggressive streak of interest rate hikes to fight inflation Um, so this has pushed the national average monthly auto loan payment to $729 that's um, very high for many um, faced with deciding to make a jumbo payment or keeping their existing vehicles. My owners are choosing to stick with what they have, even if it means spending more on repairs and maintenance. And coach, you may be feeling this auto mechanics have been struck by the rising ages and mileage of vehicles that now arrive at the shop in numbers that they've never seen before. Have you gotten any of that?
1: Oh, yeah. People are keeping their vehicles, and they're not even hand-me-downs anymore. You know, you'd hand them down to your kids, to the first cars. Well, really, the parents are still driving the first cars because they can't afford the new cars. You know, like you were saying earlier, you know, what was one of the main reasons why you can see a lot of people driving real nice, fancy new cars, but you go to their house and look like it's falling apart. Either you're going to look (laughs) nice in the streets or you ain't got nowhere to sleep. You, well, coach, man, hey,
3: coach if, if you've got a car that still runs and you've paid it off you've basically defeated adulthood haven't you i mean <laughs> like, if you get to that point <laughs> that's it i mean Dang. that's where the time space continuum kind of tears apart right there you, like you, if you get right. to that point you just want to sit in that you want to sit in that little hole forever right uh, there you, you don't want, want that
2: nice, loan well that's a nice quarter of adulthood i guess you've <laughs> accomplished but the rest of it <laughs> i don't know you can sleep in the car though coach you, I mean, some cars you can some lay in, that, in the back seat. Maybe yeah, It's not like that no more. Oh, okay. nah. God. <laughs> they're not comfortable. No, they're
1: not no comfortable no more. more.
2: They put that little thing in the middle on purpose. That's right. <laughs> that armrest thing. It
1: ain't sitting close no more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'll include a link to this story in our show's podcast. Now, we're talking about what car salesmen don't want us to discuss, Coach. <laughs> the ins and outs of, buying a, out of buying a new car. Email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Dante on the line from Blue Mountain. You are on, Dante, with Coach Charlie.
4: Hey, Coach. Um, I am planning to buy an RV slash camper tomorrow. It's about 7,500 pounds. And I was just wondering if you had any tips or advice um, for, I want to buy a for, uh, for buying a truck that will haul that.
1: Okay, you want to make sure that you go by the gross vehicle weight on that vehicle. Just look in the owner's manual, look on the door itself. There is a uh, placard there on the door saying what the gross Mm vehicle weight, that it will haul. So you want to make sure you get that. And you want to make sure you get a truck that is heavy enough because you may have to beef up the suspension in the rear in order to hold that camper as well, if you're putting a uh, RV, because there are some Fords out there and some Dodges that will not pull them unless you put a suspension kit on it. Mm. So you want to be careful. Make sure you get the gross vehicle weight. That's the main thing.
4: All right. Thank you so much. And uh, do you have any tips for going to a dealership or um, just buying the truck in general?
1: Well, once again, Yeah, you want to take and make sure, do your research of what you're looking for, Uh, see how heavy that RV is that you got, see if you need a three-quarter ton, because a lot of times when you're pulling a heavy RV, you're going to need a three-quarter ton, look at it, see what the weight is, and then do the research on it, check several different dealers, just don't uh, go in the first dealer and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for, check several of them, and then tell them you need to see the price, the invoice, and then go
2: from there. Mm Mm-hmm
4: much. I appreciate it. Dante, yes,
2: thank you so much. Coach, you, you, I don't know why this came to me, but there was this video and I, I think they were in like a four door sedan or something. They were They were in mud and they were pulling something on the back of the sedan. Somehow they had it latched underneath the back bumper and the whole sedan just split in half from the back seat to the front.
1: <laughs> just broken
2: in half. <laughs> it was, I was just trying to look for that video. It was so funny to me. I was like, yeah, that's what they told me what happened if I tried to tow something with my Mazda. <laughs> well, you just need to
1: know really on that, you just need to know the weight capacity of that vehicle, what yeah. it can pull. Yeah. And you know, they have towing, you know, the information's in those owner's manual telling you what the towing capacity is.
2: Yeah. Follow that, everybody, so you don't have a split vehicle. (laughs) We're going to stay on the phone lines. We've got Roger in Florence. He's got a comment about negotiating when financing. Roger, you're on with Coach Charlie.
4: Well, good morning. Good show. Back to the subject that you already mentioned pretty well, but I wanted to emphasize an experience I've had several times, not that I'm good at negotiating at all, but always negotiate a cash price, get a gift, but before you sign anything, say, oh, by the way, now they probably have already brought up financing because they want to finance, as Charlie has pointed out very well, mm-hmm. but if, if that hadn't already been settled, get your negotiated final absolute last price that they'll sell you the vehicle for, and then say, by the way, uh, if you'll give me 10% off that price, I'll finance it, <laughs> and that will make money financing, but they may not go for the 10%. <laughs> uh, that that would be, what, $4,000 on a $40,000 car, so it'll probably be more like 5%, but you can get a further negotiated uh, price if you, will, if you will finance it. Now, financing it, if you, uh, and they'll finance it good, bad, or awful credit, too, and right. then you'll, Im- you'll improve your credit if you need improving on your credit, and just pay it off in three months. I've actually negotiated, and the, the, the salesman said, tell you what, if you'll promise me personally that you won't pay it off before three months, we got a deal. Because he makes money, and the, the dealer makes money, when the, when the, you finance it. It's an extra payment. Not only do they get a bonus for selling X number of cars, and not only does the salesman probably get some kind of percentage, but they all profit by the financing, and you can do a good job of of uh, getting a further cut, further negotiated reduction of your price, if you just wait a little last minute, and then pin them down, and then and then offer to settle and see what more you can get.
1: And well, that's right. another right. thing you need to do too, as well. Uh, if you're doing a trade in, you want to see how much they're going to give you for that trade in, and then get that rock bottom price, and then tell them. I want to do something else, but I want to make sure what they're going to give for the trade-in. Because what they do, they they give you very little for your trade-in because they've already added it to the top of your uh, your car. You put that right in front of them at first. You already put that in front of them. Exactly. So exactly. you got to be smart and negotiating, and I hope you broke your promise and paid the car off. And you know, like say, I'm sorry for
2: three months, I couldn't hold That's it. That's when you yeah. cross your fingers behind your, <laughs> your back. back and say, so "I'm really not going you know, to do it," but you know, I promise.
4: <laughs> that was a good guy. He's, he's a nice guy. Uh, yeah. I bought other cars, so I, I held out three months. So that cost me something. But not much. Not much. And okay. That was my point. Good job. Thank Roger, you so thanks.
2: Much. You're so sweet too to the car salesmen. salesman. <laughs> <He's laughs> so you. sweet to them. We're gonna stay on the line. We've got Anna in Hazelhurst on with us. She has a question about extended warranties. Anna, you're on with Coach Charlie.
5: Okay. I have a twenty twenty forward um how do you think of the little the small car. Anyway, I have eighteen thousand miles on it. But my three years is about to run out at the end of September. Now I'm looking at what do I do when my extended warranty that I already have runs out? What should I do about getting more warranty or what?
1: This is my thought. If you got 18,000 miles on it after three years, that means you'll have 36,000 after six years. I wouldn't worry about a warranty myself. At that at that mileage, because you're not, things are not going to break at that mileage. They, what happens? Extended warranties are for vehicles that are going to be high mileage and that are going to break. You're not putting enough miles on that vehicle to spend two or three thousand dollars on an extended warranty because your maintenance bills are going to be less than that.
5: Okay. Well, now let's see. I have an extended warranty that's running out. That's what I'm saying. What do I need to do in September when I don't have a warranty
1: at all? Well, that's what I'm saying. If you are only going 18,000 miles in three years, you really don't need a more warranty because your money, you're going to save enough money in order to fix it if it breaks down. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? You're not going enough miles to tear that vehicle up. Evidently, that vehicle, you don't drive it very often or you drive it around town, but you're not putting miles on that vehicle Extended warranties are vehicles that are going to go for 100,000 miles, 150,000 miles. That's what extended warranties are really for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're not putting miles on it.
5: What about what I've been told is with all the electronics, blah, 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 you have to have this because it costs so much when something like that goes out. What's your opinion?
1: Well, I did. I did get a extended warranty because of electronics, and I have a twenty three model vehicle, and so I did get the extended warranty on the electronics itself. But like I say, I'm going to put more than eighteen thousand miles on in three years. I put sixty to seventy thousand miles on my vehicle in three years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's a big difference of what you're driving and what I drive. Mm-hmm.
5: So if if something goes out, electronics on my car. Um, then I have to pay for it. Is that what you're
1: saying? If you did not have a extended warranty, if you get a extended warranty, they will pay for it. You'll put a deductible. You will pay a deductible. And like I say, if you just want for the peace of mind, go get a. Uh, you can get a extended warranty that will separate certain things where it doesn't have everything on it. You can get one that just oh. has electronics. Mm-hmm.
5: Okay. Well, that's that's good. You've given me good information. I appreciate it. Okay. That's what I. I had no idea you
1: could do that. You could do that. Yes, ma'am.
3: I was going to ask you, because you made that sound like you can get yourself some a la carte yeah. uh, insurance could. on certain bits and pieces and parts and, you and can systems get, in your car. And I did not know that either. Yes,
1: you can. Uh, these extended warranty companies will sell you the platinum. They'll sell you the good. They'll sell you the medium. They'll sell you different things to protect on that car. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to know
3: that, that you have the ability, if nothing else, to at least ask them about how they can pull those things apart. Right. And, and, and make them more specific to what it, what it is exactly you can afford and need.
2: And yeah. what you need, yeah. When I was
1: at the dealership when we bought our car, they had all this warranty. It was up to like $6,000 warranty. Well, I ended up paying 1200 because I said, I don't need a tire warranty. Tires are going to wear out. I got to buy new tires. I don't need a brake warranty. They're going to wear out. I got to replace them. And so I end up buying nothing but the electronic warranty, costing me $1,200 up to 100,000 miles. If it breaks down after that, I'll take care of
3: it. Now, the other thing is, is she's not driving it a whole lot. Now, maybe she drives it a bunch, but not very far, as you mentioned. Maybe it's around town or something like that. If, if she drives it infrequently and she doesn't have that warranty, is it important that she get out every so often and get the thing out and move it around and, and move the fluids around the Maintenance
2: around on the is going to be a big yeah, thing on that. Any
1: type of car, you don't want to let it set up. You want to drive it. Yeah. You know, because like say, if you let it sit up too long, like say, Herds is 18,000 miles in three years, that's no miles. But what could happen if you got it in a garage, little critters and things like that? So you want to make sure that vehicle's warmed up and driven a little while, mm-hmm. keep that battery, stuff like that.
3: Especially okay. if you don't put enough mileage on it that it wasn't worth paying the money right. for that warranty. Right.
1: Yeah. And there's another thing I want to throw out there real quick. You know, the manufacturers and the dealership are saying, well, we're going to give you two years free maintenance. Well, two two years free maintenance is two oil changes. Vehicles are at 10,000 miles now to change oil. Mm-hmm. So that's two oil changes. Well, they gave you $100. Basically. Basically. Think about that. Right.
2: I love Coach. Woo! We're discussing buying a new car and taking your repair questions. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up in Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The vehicle we have this week... Looks like it could be your daily driver in Hermosa Beach, California. It's the 2023 Kia Niro EV. On the outside you have these compact crossover proportions. It looks really cool with a charge port and a grille, a contrasting swath down the side of it. It just looks really neat and really kind of cool looking. Inside, vegan leather seats, they're heated and ventilated, a heated leather wrapped steering wheel, power sunroof, heads up display, and a twin panel flat screen for your audio. You got Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and wireless charging, plus all the crash avoidance systems. But underneath where it gets really cool, 253 miles, all-electric range. You can charge 10 to 80%, about 45 minutes, 060 and 7.1 seconds, so it's pretty quick. And think about 253 miles. You could drive from Indianapolis to Chicago. You could drive from L.A. to San Diego and back. Plenty of range. So let's talk about price. Well, the car starts just under $40,000. This one has equipped $47,765. See the full video on his YouTube channel. Auto Casey and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. I'm Jermaine Flood, and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week.
1: Since we're talking about new cars, what main thing is do your research. Don't take the first offer, take and uh, negotiate. Get the premiums as cheap as they can, you can get them, but the main thing is know what you can
2: afford. Mm-hmm. Know what you can afford. How long you can afford it? That's it. How long you want to carry that note? How long you want to carry that note? Add in all those numbers. Crunch all those numbers. We're gonna stay on the phone lines right now. We're gonna to go to um, Talbot. He is on the road. Talbot, you're on with Coach Charlie.
7: Hi, hey, Coach. How are um, you doing? I'm driving. It. All right, I'm driving a 2018 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland, and uh, uh, I have the check engine light on for uh, uh vapor recovery system. And the
4: vehicle drives just fine,
7: does everything I want it to do, with the exception of the auto start uh, to cool it down in the summer. And my question then is, if it runs, do I, do I need to go get this fixed? Or do I just live with, okay, auto start's not going to work because the idiot light's on. Uh, And and my my mechanic's pretty sure it's just a real small pinhole leak uh, because we can reset the light, and then it'll take a week or two before it comes back on for the same code.
1: Yeah, when people think about EVAMP, EVAMP is really taking emissions that are in the charcoal canister and putting them back in the engine where they're not coming into the atmosphere. That's really what the EVAMP system's for, is to hold the system, hold the vapors, put it back in the engine. You may get a little better gas mileage, but you probably do have a pinhole right above that fuel tank on one of those little hoses. And what it does, the vehicle runs a vacuum on that fuel tank, and it has to hold that vacuum for a certain amount of time. And if it does not hold it for that certain amount of time, it says you have a fault. You know, either a gross leak or a small leak, and evidently yours is a small leak. Now, personally, a lot of people ride around with that. It's not going to hurt your vehicle. And for that uh, automatic start, if you don't mind, uh, you know, I always cut my automatic start on my vehicle. My wife had one in her Mercedes. I cut it off every time I got in the car because I didn't want it to cut on and off.
2: Right. Well... Talbot, I hope that helps. We're going to stay on the phone lines. We've got Richard in Hamilton, Alabama. He's got a question about a Kia EV6. Richard, you're on with Coach Charlie.
7: Good morning. Good morning. I love your show. Thank you very much.
1: Thank
2: you. Uh,
7: yesterday, I was uh, got curiosity got the best of me, and I went to see the Kia dealer in Tupelo. And uh, about the electric vehicle, the EV6 specifically. And after we talked quite quite length and we went for a little ride, I got uh, asking a sales uh, person, how, uh, how do you charge this thing? So we looked in the back, and we looked for the cable and the plug, and there wasn't any.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: And so I said, well, how do you charge this thing? Let's say you want to charge it at home. He said, well, I'm not sure about that. So we asked inside, went to the parts department. They pulled up the information, and they... Want to charge you between five hundred and fifty and seven hundred dollars for the cable, the plug, and a charger?
1: So and they that did does
7: not come with the car.
1: So they didn't even give it with the car. Well, that's pretty bad. Yes. You know, they should have gave you that with yes. the car. Yeah, for sure.
7: Yeah. you buy a hundred dollar drill at Home Depot, you get a uh, the, the drill. Two batteries and a charger. With this thing,
1: a $60,000 car, you don't get anything. Well, I'd go back and I'd raise Cain with the manufacturer. Batteries not included. Richard,
2: thank you so much for your phone call. That'll wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our crew engineer is Jay White. Call screener Abram Nanny. Next week, it's all about car insurance, Coach. That's it. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Episode and podcast producer, or Abram could be podcast producer as well today. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org
1: or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone in demand.